Hello again. This is your weekly Tech Law 10 podcast. I'm Eric Sinrod at the international law firm Dwayne Morris. I'm based in San Francisco. And as ever, I'm joined by my colleague at Cordery by the name of none other than Jonathan Armstrong. And Jonathan, you know, we tend to sometimes know what the other is thinking and doing and feeling. And I'm just getting this vibe. It has to do with French food, something French food. Tell us about that. Well, you're right on two counts, Eric. I mean, firstly, it's approaching dinner time, and I have a, a nice uh, French-style uh, lentil stew awaiting me. But secondly, I think, and probably more important to today's discussion, I've been looking at quite an interesting case that emerges from France. So it's a topic that we have talked about before in these podcasts, but with an interesting spin, I think. It concerns a, uh, a French version, if you like, of uh, TripAdvisor, uh, Pageant, and it's uh, a business directory site, roughly translates as Yellow Pages, a site that exists in other jurisdictions as well. And rather than it just be a simple listing site like Yellow Pages is in the UK, my understanding is that in France, the Pageant site uh, operates like TripAdvisor so that you can submit reviews, etc. Now, as we talked about before, uh, reviews are open to abuse, uh, abuse, and sometimes people leave reviews that aren't entirely accurate. Here, somebody left a negative review of a Michelin-starred restaurant. Their review said it was, and quote, very overrated. It was all show. There was very little on the plate, and the only thing that was well-loaded was the bill. Well, so much uh, so good, you might think, if it's an honest review. But the review was for a restaurant known as uh, L'Oiseau des Ducs uh, in uh, Dijon in central France. And the problem with the review is that the restaurant hadn't opened by the time that the review had been posted. Mm. Uh, this obviously made it very easy to work out that the review was fake. You know, even Nostradamus was unable to use TripAdvisor to review restaurants that didn't exist. <laughs> and the result was that the people behind the restaurant decided that the review was detrimental to their uh, business and, to quote them, uh, potentially dissuasive for customers. And they paid, it appears, some 5,000 euros to track down the uh, phony reviewer. When they tracked him down, they then issued proceedings, and the court decided that the uh, fake reviewer should pay them 2,500 euros in damages, as well as those 5,000 pounds in costs. Um, it, it doesn't appear that anybody yet knows why the reviewer singled out this particular restaurant or these particular restaurateurs. But it follows a similar case where a blogger was also fined two and a half thousand euros in France for a um, false review where she effectively called the waitress uh, a harpy and said that the owner was a diva, uh, that the restaurant was to be avoided, etc., etc. And the court in that earlier case seemed to have decided that the reviewer had crossed the line from uh, honest criticism 
which was allowed, if it was truthful, to uh, outright uh, to being outright uh, insulting, uh, which wasn't allowed. So it seems to me that obviously this problem of fake reviews we've talked about before, it is growing. It is being used partly from people who are tired and emotional after a dinner to rate it instantly. But it's partly being used by business rivals as well to try and make sure that uh, other restaurants nearby suffer. Now, it's speculation, but that might be the case with the uh, Loisa de Duc. Um, we don't know, but what we do know is that the courts in one uh, country at least do, be, uh, do seem prepared to offer a solution. So anybody who's thinking of um, uh, being, uh, uh, let's say, dishonest in their criticism of a restaurant in France uh, might well uh, be wise to, uh, to take a look before they put pen to paper. Well... That's a lot there. So interesting. Well, we know there are all sorts of different types of review sites, and they can be uh, extremely helpful. I mean, once upon a time, it was almost like throwing a dart at a dartboard and on your own trying to figure out whether it was worthwhile to frequent a particular business like a restaurant or not. Maybe there would be word of mouth from your friends, and you know, there were you know, hard copy reviews, but sometimes those would be very dated by the time you receive them. Um, my experience has been that in you know, looking at reviews, the best thing to do is to look for trends. And I don't know if this has come up before in our podcast before, but I'm very interested in knowing the particular, particularities of hotels that I, I go to. And so if I see, you know, let's say there's 100 reviews on a hotel and there's a one-off review that's extremely negative across a lot of categories, but all the other reviews tend to be in line saying the hotel's comfortable, it's quiet, in a nice location, you see certain themes, those tend to be a little bit more reliable than the one-off either horrible review or fantastic review. It's more difficult when you're looking at a hotel or restaurant that's only been reviewed a few times because then a negative review really stands out and you can't really discern a trend. And there, there, there is suspicion that sometimes the reviews are rigged. You know, my experience, and I do know people in the industry, is that most reviews are legitimate. The vast majority of reviews are legitimate. The companies do try to employ algorithms that have software that seeks to figure out which are the uh, inappropriate reviews, and then they're investigated and, uh, and removed. And they can go either one of two ways. You can have reviews that are pumping up a business where you know, there's positive reviews that are coming from friends and family and that type of thing. Or you can get negative reviews sometimes from not only just a cranky person who's not accurate, but negative reviews maybe even from a competitor. But I think it's important yeah. to point out that those, I, I'd like to think those are the vast majority, sorry, sorry, I really spoke there, the vast minority of cases. And that these review sites in the main are helpful, especially if people are looking uh, for trends. Um, what are your reactions to those thoughts, Jonathan? I, I, I think in, on balance you're right. I mean, I'm aware of the fact that there is some threatened litigation in the UK, which I probably shouldn't discuss in detail, uh, concerning one particular establishment and how they have used their people and those sharing uh, interests with them to try and 
manipulate the results on on a review site. But I, I agree that seems to me to be few and far between. And yeah, and I, and I should talk, that, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. And I was just going to say, and also we've talked on these podcasts about people trying to put in place penalty clauses. You know, if one of your bridal party reviews us, then you'll will forfeit your deposit. You know, if you're a group organizer and you're taking multiple rooms in our hotel and there's a bad review, we'll take your deposit. I think we've also covered a case in Germany where somebody left a bad review and his passport was confiscated until he'd apologized. And, and it might be that the type of action that the owners here have taken through the court is better than all of those routes to try and discipline and, and, and fetter people who, who leave reviews. But I agree with you. I think it's, it's the odd bad apple rather than it being a, a, you know, a wholesale practice of not being able to rely on online reviews. Yeah, and the opposite can happen where potentially a business could you know, offer rewards or discounts if you give positive reviews, you know, essentially uh, bribing people to, to pump up their reviews, and that's clearly not appropriate. And I should point out that even though... That, that could actually be unlawful in the UK. I mean, we've, uh, we've had a, a number of cases where people have failed to disclose the fact that they were sponsored... Uh, mm -hmm. in social media in particular, that has ramifications both from a consumer protection and an advertising point of view. And theoretically, at least, it could also open up uh, charges under the UK bribery legislation if uh, a holiday, for example, is given with the expectation that a good review will be posted, whether true or not. Well, and our FTC now has rules against, for example, bloggers, giving positive reviews to certain products or services where they actually have a financial interest that's not disclosed, so they have to be very transparent there. And I was going to say that even though you know, it's our, it seems to be our mutual belief that the illegitimate reviews are the far minority, nevertheless, there was a press report in the last week that Amazon has filed a lawsuit uh, with respect to 1,114 um, fake reviews on its site. On Amazon, of course, you can rate the products you know, one to five stars. You can make your comments, and they've gone off after more than a 1,000. Now, that not, might sound like a very large number, but let's face it. How many reviews do you think show up on Amazon on a daily basis? I mean, Amazon's getting millions of reviews a year, so this is just a small sample, maybe making an example uh, to help discourage the minority of reviews that are not appropriate. So, that all being said, this has been your weekly Tech Law 10. I'm Eric Sinrod. Uh, and actually, a little bit of a rain. We have some rain finally in California and uh, the San Francisco Bay Area. Yep, I'm at Dwayne Morris. You can find me at ejsinrod at dwaynemorris.com. You can find us on the usual social media outlets, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, you name it. And I will turn it over to Jonathan because he always does such a great job of closing this out until next week. Well, thanks very much. It's, uh, I'm Jonathan Armstrong, jonathan.armstrong at cordrycompliance.com. You can reach out to us, uh, as Eric says, via the usual social media channels, LinkedIn. I'm at ArmstrongJP on Twitter. Uh, as Eric says, uh, Amazon's – are you waiting for this, Eric? Amazon's recent activity does show it's a jungle out there. So um, – <laughs> 
So be careful wow. and, uh, and, <laughs> and watch out for those reviews, uh, good, bad, and ugly, and connect with us in a week or so when we'll have something else to chat about. Thanks for listening. Cheers. Uh, uh, uh.